0: Welcome to Let Me Know How It Is, a pop culture podcast about TV, movies, comics, and all things geek. We're revisiting the unaired X-Men animated pilot, Pride of the X-Men. I'm Zach Slater.
1: I'm Frank Melman. This is Tommy Smith Reigns.
2: And I'm Clifton.
0: This one was sparked uh, a, a little bit by what's happening on HBO Max. Um, for those who don't know, I'll go over it uh, very quickly. Um... There's been some leadership changes at Warner Brothers after the merger with Discovery. Uh, HBO Max has undergone a few changes, um, citing cutting down on debt. Uh, As a result, a number of projects have been canceled, most notably the now formally upcoming Batgirl movie. Uh, That made pretty big news. You guys probably have all heard of that. What you may not have known is that animation has been hit real, real hard. (laughs) Um, A number of projects were canceled that were in various stages of production. Um, so that got us thinking about projects that never got to see the light of day officially. Uh, and that led to pride of the X-Men, which comes up with some frequency on this show. So uh, we thought we'd actually just do a, a focus on it. So um, you can follow along at home. We'll post a YouTube, a YouTube link on let me know how com on our notes page for this episode. So you can see the whole thing if you haven't seen it before. Um, Go check it out now because uh, we will spoil everything for you. And it's kind of cool. So maybe check it out uh, and be sure to tell us your thoughts at info at let me how Also on Twitter or in the comments. So let's get into it. Clifton, how did this project come to be?
2: All right. Well, this one was produced in the late 80s uh, for an 89 89- release date is is the date you'll see a lot of it although a lot of people probably didn't see it until 90 or or even 91 uh just from when it made its way out in various forms but it was it was produced by marvel entertainment group which was the the company that had brought us a lot of the marvel tv animation endeavors up until that point before the 1981 spider-man and spider-man and his amazing friends the the 1980 or so hulk uh, that stuff around the, in the seventies, Fantastic Four, and and by the nineties, they were actually they dipped their hands into other things because Marvel Entertainment also made the RoboCop animated series. Sorry, it makes me laugh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it should. <laughs> and Dino Riders. Uh, exactly. Those are the those are the ones running around this time that this that the X Men pilot that the uh, Pride of the X Men was was produced. And apparently, their stories that it was produced off of the budget. Of the Mm -hmm. RoboCop animated series is that they, through, you know, entertainment accounting, took what would have been the money for the 13th RoboCop episode and made this pilot with that money instead of that RoboCop episode. So I'm not entirely sure how that works, but that's what the reports I've read say happened. So, yeah, I mean, some of the people involved, uh, showrunner was a guy named uh, Larry Parr who had been involved in the previous marvel entertainment endeavors he had written for spider-man the 81 series he had uh, Mm. inhumanoids other stuff that they've been going out defenders of the earth defenders of the earth super globe trotters in 1979 that's a good one (laughs) and uh plastic man yeah (laughs) a couple episodes of smurfs along the way so he had an 80s animation pedigree and then I actually did go on to write a couple episodes of the X-Men, the, the Fox X-Men animated series. Uh, just a few yeah. of those.
0: A lot of people,
2: um, you'll see occasionally
0: reported that this is like the unaired pilot of the 90s show. Like, like it's connected in some fans' minds for some reason. And I don't mm-hmm. know how that how that happened other than some sort of relative close proximity in, in production time. But, um, you know, in in my understanding, like the, this, this was a, a a pilot that, that, you know, certainly they thought they were going to be able to sell and make and make an X-Men show off of this. And then it didn't happen. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, and then
3: the X-Men 90 series is like a separate thing entirely. Right. You know? Yeah. The only thing I saw was that they, you know, with with the with the test runs that we kind of got during um, Spider Man's Amazing Friends, because they're in what two or three episodes? The
2: X Men. The X Men are in two episodes of Spider Man's okay. Amazing Friends.
3: Yeah, because I recently rewatched the Firestar Origin. They're in that one, and mm-hmm. then can't remember what the other one is. Video? It's not Video Man. What is it? No,
2: there's is Juggernaut in the Firestar Origin one?
1: Yes, yeah, he's the one they have to stop.
2: Okay, then the other one is the danger room. Then the mansion gets taken over and basically turned into a danger room that they have to yeah. fight their way through. Gotcha. Okay,
3: but yeah, because they, they said that you know they did kind of a test run and then they realized they could they could do an X Men series because that's part of the reason why we still got like us you know spoiler Australian Wolverine right is yeah. the carryover from Spider Man as Amazing right. Friends yeah same, same voice, voice actor yeah
2: same yeah. voice
1: actor same voice actor right.
2: Apparently, Australian accents were really popular because of Crocodile yeah. Dundee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but
1: but I was listening to uh, another uh, video concerning matter, and I and I thought about it too. As much as you want a Canadian, I mean, as much as you want Wolverine to sound like like you know mean, it's hard to come across with a Canadian accent. I, yeah. And I had to originally think about it, you know,
2: start sounding like Strange Brew or whatever the CTV exactly. <laughs> like yeah. shit right. was. Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah. Just says, eh, all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, hey, we're going to put the boots
1: to you, eh? You know, this doesn't Mm -hmm. come out as menacing enough. Yeah. So I get the need to make him more Australian, even though it just doesn't fit. (laughs) He's Canadian, you know?
2: Yeah, this actually did air, though. This actually did make it to air in capacity, because that's how I saw it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well,
0: that was going to be my next question. How did everybody see this, and when?
2: It was in... I guess 89 or 90. I think I saw it in 90, I'm guessing, um, just from what I remember. But at the time, there was a Marvel Action Universe animated block Mm. that would run. It was like a syndicated thing that would run on Saturday mornings in most markets. It was either an hour or an hour hour and a half. And it would consist of Dino Riders, RoboCop, and like reruns of Spider-Man His Amazing Friends or Hulk Mm. or some of their older stuff. Would fill out the block, and I remember it ran for me at like I and mean, whenever the earliest possible time Saturday morning cartoon could run was mm-hmm. it. So like as soon as the national anthem stopped playing around six a.m. <laughs> or whatever is when this block would start. And I right. I was not that up not up that early, so I would have to set my VCR every Saturday because somehow <laughs> this is the other thing, and I don't entirely remember how, but somehow I knew this pilot existed. And I knew this pilot would sometimes be aired in this block. I don't know how I knew that, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I did. And I would set my VCR every Saturday morning and then wake up, you know, later in the day and then check my VCR to see if it if I got it, like if they ran Mm -hmm. it. Right. And I'd be like, "Oh no, it's Dino Riders again. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's RoboCop again." Uh, and then, like <laughs> one day, it was it. And I was like, "Yeah." I mean, I was so excited that it was that I had actually gotten it. Uh, but I, I still don't know how I knew about this thing. I cannot yeah, remember how nuts. that was back in 1990 because there was no, there was no internet. <laughs> right, right. There was no Wizard magazine didn't even exist yet. That mm-hmm. that didn't come around until a year or two later. So, I'm not sure how I knew about this. Yeah, that's nuts. I wonder
0: if there was like an ad for it at some point. Yeah, there was a commercial at some
2: point. Yeah, there might have been, or like just something in, you know, the letters, the letters pages Mm. in X-Men comics or something where an editor might have Um, talked about it. Yeah. That's possible.
1: Well, for me, it was quite different. I I was around older people that had their ear to that type of stuff with animation, Mm -hmm. and I came across a copy of a copy of a copy, so to speak, in in which it debuted. And they were always talking about it. They might do it or the buzz was there. And for me, I just, you know, sat in the room and listened and anticipated my damn self. So I came across it through um, being with older people that knew mm-hmm. about its um, um, debut, so to speak.
4: Right. But
1: um, it just stood as a standalone, which I think everybody was weirded out by that. Like, you know, is it going to be a show? Is it is it special? I mean, that was the weird part of it. It was after that, there was no expanding upon it. That right. normally tends to happen. Like at that day and age, we use when when stuff is debuted, we get a whole block of new episodes. You know, like usually they sign off what thirteen episodes. It's weird for one and done to occur and them not do anything with it. Right. You know, mm-hmm. so um my 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 situation with it was more fortunate than um uh, Clifton's, in which when it debuted, it was the tape. You know, right. oh you got to watch his tape. You know his right. comedy mm-hmm. tape, and then. I go home and like watch it five times and then be like, Oh, that's cool. You know, whatever. But, (laughs) right. But I found it, um, nice because it was animation that was occurring now. I mean, oh, not now, but when it debuted, it felt like top notch. It felt like they, they, they went all out with it because it reminded me of, um, Bionic six, um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Dino writers. Yeah. Um, but it also has that sort of, um, Let's call it a uh, G.I. Joe feel to it, like early G.I. Joe, not, yeah, you know, copy, paste G.I. Joe. <laughs> mm-hmm. hold, hold that
0: thought. So we'll, we'll get into that stuff for, for sure, because um, that's some stuff I want to talk about as well. Uh, when we start actually like reviewing the episode. But uh, let's go to Frank really quick, and, and he'll share how he first came across it when he saw it. And then uh, and then I'll go and then and then, and then we'll dive in.
3: I remember seeing somewhere like in one of those early like fanzine type magazines um, like
2: uh, I can't remember,
3: you know, it was comics or one comic something or other, you know, like Starlog or something. Possibly. Yeah. (laughs) Along those lines where it was it was talked about. There was going to be an X-Men. There was talk of an X-Men show, but definitely a pilot for sure. And I remember they had like the character comparison sheet where it had like how tall everybody was. And then, you know, show them all in a row, all the heroes and the villains. Mm-hmm. And then I don't remember if I just didn't, you know, it. it I was not aware of the the Marvel Action Hour. Right. Um You know, I didn't, obviously I knew about spider Man's is Amazing Friends because I watched it when it aired and I watched the Hulk show, some of that too.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: But I didn't know, I never, I mean, I didn't see it for the longest time. And then when we were talking about uh, the episode in, in, in before this for the podcast, um, Zach reminded me that we had watched it together, and I was like, because I couldn't remember when I watched it. Like I knew I'd seen it or thought I'd seen it, and then I wasn't sure. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, we had watched it together. When I, I guess on we watched it on YouTube. Was that why we watched it?
0: No, I say th- you know what. Um, I might have had a bootleg of it on DVD okay. at that point.
3: Yeah. Okay. That sounds. I mean, that sounds as plausible. I mean, it's mm-hmm. possible because I. But it's also one of the things where I was kind of surprised that I didn't have a copy of it somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um. You know it's not like it's, that stuff isn't really hard to find at shows once you, you know, once you get going to conventions and stuff, you'll find that you know there are plenty of places to get stuff that either aired or aired once or pilots that aired. So, um, but yeah, that's where I'd seen it. I watched it with Zach, so right, yeah.
0: I like I had no idea that this thing existed or what it was or anything like that. I just, you know, uh, Christmas morning, I, I opened up. Uh, a present that was a vhs tape of the pilot that was like actually released on tape i don't know right. what year right you know
2: yeah i can't remember what year the it did get a vhs release but it did and it was it yeah. was probably billed as the x-men animated special uh yeah on the on the vhs release
0: i i don't remember um i remember the box was like green and had like the art Adams like like cover mm-hmm. um like the famous art a- art atoms uh group pose (laughs) it was like there was a the cover of it um but i had no idea what it was and you know and like my mom got it for me because at that point like the 90s x-men animated series was out and that was when i was when i was in my big x-men phase so she was like well you know my son likes x-men let's get him this you know Mm -hmm. she's probably out at the mall with with my grandma (laughs) (laughs) christmas shopping and running errands and so like i had no idea but i remember i got it um you know again not knowing what it was like like it could have been i guess a a tape of of the 90s show but but like colossus was on the cover and nightcrawler and i was like at that point i'm like they're they're like not on the team really they've been Mm -hmm. in episodes but they're not like they're not on the team proper so i was like what is this and i ended up watching that thing like three times that day Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know like i loved it i absolutely loved it you know and then uh then, you know, like Frank, like you said, like I'm at a show and everything, and then I see somebody selling a DVD for it. And I'm like, I'll get this, of course, right? Because right. it's like, it's not going to get released officially no. again, really. <laughs> no. So yeah, so, uh, so we all rewatched it again. Um, some of us didn't really have to, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs>
4: right. you know,
0: but uh, so what'd you guys think? What was the, uh, you know, first impressions again, seeing it after some time? Magneto's the head of a terrorist organization yeah that was my first of mutant terrorists yeah
3: but that was yeah. i thought that was an interesting like i didn't remember it being hit quite so hard
2: right yeah
3: you know that was something i thought was really was really odd you know kind of a kind of a decision like they hit it like three or four times in the episode mm-hmm. to make sure and then in the in the first couple of minutes they definitely tell you that um mutants shouldn't be alive <laughs> shouldn't be allowed yeah. to live <laughs> That was something else I I didn't quite remember being hit so hard was the idea of anti-mutant sentiment. I I
0: wrote that down, too, which was uh, Magneto quotes himself as, you know, the brotherhood of mutant terrorists. (laughs) Like, that's a quote from the show. I wrote it down and I was like, wow, same thing, Frank. I'm like, they're not being subtle about it, but I think it's actually cool in the way that, like, they hit very early on, like you said, that, you know, uh humans hate mutants mm-hmm. and so i think they needed to get very quickly to to, to create a, a separation to be like and and there are some mutants that are very bad and there's some
2: right. that are good right. <laughs> you know my first impression just from overall about it watching again is that it, it's it's a pilot that like throws everything it's got in there like yeah. there's just so many Ideas they present, and so many characters they present that they really are like they're just they're just laying all these seeds in here yes. to be like we can do this later, we can do this, we can use this person later, we can do this later. But like I mean, it's it's in everything pilot. Like they throw so much into it for well, twenty two minutes.
3: I definitely felt like it was Professor exposition because it mm-hmm. was just so much <laughs> of Professor X explaining, you know, where <laughs> right. the X Men were and the Mansion and Cerebro and the Circuit and yeah, you know. There's a lot of, of of Professor X just explaining stuff,
2: right? And good, Lee, mm. good old uh, Stan Lee exposition too, right?
3: Oh, right, yeah. There's that too, yeah.
2: <laughs> Narrating it,
3: yeah. But yeah, they do cram a lot, you know, for as many characters as they have to get in there in 22 minutes. They manage to do a pretty good job of getting them all in there, yeah. I think
0: so, too. I think it's actually, like, kind of remarkable that everybody get, like, like, the fact that everybody speaks. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, in right. that time, right. in 22 minutes, is kind of nuts. I mean, like, th- they're assuming you know nothing.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everybody gets a showcase scene. Everybody mm-hmm. gets a little time to shine themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's actually
0: like, like for me, for my money, like like, looking at it again, you know, it's paced really well, yeah. I think, mm-hmm. for, for, you know, I, I some people get more chances to shine than others, but it's a pilot. Like the thought right. was, is that like, you know, they'll get like that person will shine in a later episode. You know, if this gets picked up, um, yeah. just give you a taste of who they are. And and here we go. Like, I, I'm with Tommy, though, like it does feel. You know, it's almost 1990, but it feels so of the 80s Yeah, to me, you know what I mean? Like it doesn't have any, any aroma whatsoever of like '90s cartoons. It all kind of has like a, it's, you know, even across different networks, like everything kind of had a, a feel, right. whether it's Animaniacs or Gargoyles or or whatever. Like it all, you know, kind of feels like like there was there was a a, a shift that came where, and like so all the '80s stuff kind of has a a, a flavor, and this is that for sure, right. Yeah.
2: partly possibly because it was a production company that made most of the stuff in the eighties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, a lot of the good stuff in the eighties. Cause it was commissioned by Toei animation in Japan. That's who mm-hmm. actually did the animation production on it. And Toei, I mean, did so much <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that we can remember. Transformers, most notably um, mm-hmm. G1 headmasters that whole era. Did they do the credits to Defenders of the Earth? Uh, I think they did Defenders of the Earth, including. OK, the it looks
0: very similar to me, right? Because, yeah. I mean, that yeah. intro is also top notch looking,
2: <laughs> right? You know, mm. and there's another similarity to the opening of Defenders of the Earth, and it's that it was the same guy did the theme song for both. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. I didn't know <laughs> <Yeah>. that. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A guy named Robert J. Walsh is the composer of the the Pride of the X-Men theme song and Defenders of the Earth. Okay. And a lot of others that Mm. we also know uh, Mm. did a lot of the gem songs, Inhumanoids, G.I. Joe. I think he might be the person who did the G.I. Joe song that we weren't oh, sure wow. about in our G.I. Joe oh. episode. Oh, wow. Because in the Toys That Made Us episode of that, they're just like, yeah, we got a theme song. And don't say right. who, yeah. Right. Yeah. don't tell us yeah, who they, made this amazing, iconic theme song. Yeah, they gloss <laughs> right over that. It yeah. might have been him because he was the okay. composer on the show well, and had worked with Hasbro.
0: We need to campaign right now to get this guy a star in the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Right now. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's the thing that stood out to me. Is it like, I think this looked amazing.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but what's crazy is they weren't even credited for doing it because they were commissioned to it.
2: Right. Yeah, they weren't the credited production company on it.
1: Yeah, but you see what else they're there I mean, did you spark What else was on your list? Because my list was intense as to what they were commissioned, but they never got credit for.
2: Oh, yeah. Which, I mean, yeah. um, G.I. Joe, Inspector yes. Gadget, Dungeons yes. and Dragons, yes, uh, Transformers. I said because they that is one they're known for. Mm-hmm. Um, Muppet Babies, that's mm-hmm. a big one here. Boo! Yeah, <laughs> uh, Sky Commanders, which I remember didn't have the toys for. I think yep. most people have forgotten that one. <laughs> um, Eighty seven Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. They worked
0: mm-hmm. on. Yep. Okay.
2: On a lot of these shows, they were probably they were probably shopping to multiple. Studios, and so I don't know exactly how many episodes of what they did for some of these shows. Uh, but they worked on Real Ghostbusters, which I can see that because Real Ghostbusters actually was like a really well animated show, yeah. It was, it was a nice looking show,
0: yeah. I remember, um, Clifton, you and I watched this also once together. I remember and, and both having seen it many times before, mm. but we were like, let's watch it. And I remember we, like, like we were both going like the lighting
2: effects, my God, yeah. like look at all those
0: effects in the beginning. Like that's <laughs> yeah. crazy.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's part of its real eighties feel is that that's mm-hmm. the last time we saw those types of visual effects and animation that had like that glow that, you know, Ooh, like yeah. you can picture it. Like they just have that aura. of uh, I mean, it's kind of like, you can see it on Tron too, like. Like, mm. you see the the light, and then it's all got, like, the glow around it of the color. And, I mean, it was optical. They were doing these effects. These weren't computers back in those days. It became, like, computer and stuff later. Mm. I, I love that look still. And, like, yeah, mm. and things Me try too. to capture it now just because, like, it, it does look really cool. And, and they don't quite get it. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. But, man, I love those 80s optical effects with, like, the, the yeah. smear colors and and the the halos. It's like the lasers
0: yeah. in um in GI Joe and Transformers because I, right. I remember there's some special feature on one of the Transformers the movie discs where you can watch uh something behind the scenes or whatever and I actually saw like some footage from the movie that didn't have those lighting effects yet and it was like you know and and it's just lines like it's just yeah. black lines like on the actual exposure right. And then and then on top of it they put like the the, the pink like glow effect of, Yeah, that they did a whole nother pass. And it's just like I mean that, the beginning of Pride of the X-Men is just like like when it starts off and Magneto's like already captured and he's in that like that that prison that's holding him <laughs> and he's like he's like trying to break out and it's like it's flexing around him like as he's like, vroom, like <laughs> using yeah. his powers. I'm like, man, that right. looks incredible.
2: <laughs> and white queens like force field thing she's using. Mm -hmm. like the depiction of her telekinesis
0: yeah it's all i mean cyclops yeah like professor x's like when he's when he's like reading people's minds too it's everywhere in this episode it's so cool looking
2: yeah the pyro fire stuff looks amazing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's just like it's fluid too like like that
0: that one shot of when magneto gets out and all the army guys like put their guns on him and he takes the rifle and he just like rips it apart mm-hmm.
2: with his powers. Like I'm right. like,
0: that looked amazing.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Toei, like their quality would change depending on projects. And, you know, sometimes they'd have to like come in and look like pre-existing animation and they could, because they were talented. They could make themselves look like whatever. But like, I feel like on this one, they were just like, gave them all the money and was just like, do your best, just do whatever you want. And cause it's a pilot, right? <laughs> We'll work on paying you later if we do more.
0: (laughs) Well, you, you have said too, that like, you want to see really great animation for something like watch the pilot. Yeah. Right. Cause that's when they, that's when they, I guess they have a little bit more lead time Mm -hmm. and they can sort of, they can do things and play around with things and give something, some care and time that they won't be able to do once they're actually like in the throes of production. Right. You know, I mean, and it's true top to bottom. Like you can look at it. Like, I remember I, I rewatched um, the Brave and the Bold first episode at one point. And I'm like, yeah, they do stuff in that episode that you never see again.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah, know, they want to put their best foot forward. Yeah. And intros pilots and intros because they'll put all the money in the world into like a, a 30 second intro. And those things look amazing. Yeah. And then you watch the show and you're like, oh, this isn't mm-hmm. the same. Mm-hmm. Ninja Turtles, Ninja <laughs> Turtles are like that. The yeah. intro was
0: amazing, and then yeah. after the first two episodes, because the first two episodes are really sharp too. I was I rewatched those with my son not too long ago, but then like after the second episode, it starts looking like what you remember the show to look like, <laughs> right? You know, right.
1: Uh, you guys like the intro to this one?
2: Yeah, with like the theme song and everything.
1: The mm-hmm. only reason I did not like the intro is because. All the stills were from the show.
4: Right. Right. So, <laughs> right. so
1: so it was basically like a one minute preview of the show yeah. with a with a theme song, which is typical 80s. Right. Mm-hmm. Theme song. That's the only thing I was like, oh. And it didn't hit me until I <laughs> saw the episode. You know, I was yeah. like, wait a minute. And then when you see it again, it's like, oh. Not to say it was bad. Right. But it just it, it leads to the whole thing of how they do intros anyway. Like Turtles, mm-hmm. what Turtles stands out is they don't, they, it's almost something wholly created outside the clips. Like yeah. everything in the intro to Turtles is nowhere in the show.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. But this, it's the whole show. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's my only gripe.
2: Well, here they were already giving them all the money to do their best work, which is what they would be doing for the intro. So they were like, yeah, yes. we'll, just use, yes. <laughs> we'll just use, we'll just this use stuff we already Yes. Doing. Yes.
4: <laughs>
0: Yeah, there's not a shot in the intro that's not in the episode. <laughs> yes. Right. Like nothing. There's not even a longer exposure of anything.
1: Of <laughs> anything, like, which it's which is kind of like the theme for 80 shows. I don't know if you ever saw like Love Boat, Heart to Heart, any of those murder mystery <laughs> shows or mm-hmm. whatever. Like if you go back and see like a show called Simon and Simon, it's just a montage of the whole first season. Right. You know, yeah. it's, mm-hmm. it's even exposure. I mean, so yeah. I get the like, concept of it, but it's just like, Y'all did it for one show? Right. That's yeah. interesting.
0: Superman. Superman, the animated yes. series, kind
1: series. of yes, famously. Yes, they do that, too. Or, yes.
0: or, or, or maybe not. They, it's, the intro to that show is all clips of episodes, except yes, for two shots. The first, it w- the it first was supposed season. to have a Batman, the animated series style open. Yes, like it was supposed to be like, like what you're saying, created outside of episodes themselves. It's supposed to be its own thing. And they ran out of time budgetarily. And that's why. And the only thing that made it were those two shots that they had done, which is him flying like blue tone at night, like over the city. <laughs> and then him him pulling his his suit open to get the Superman shield at the end.
1: I those are the only I two argue, shots
0: that aren't in episodes.
1: I argue about the blue tone one. I think that's a shot. I, have to, I, <laughs> I agree to disagree on that. Every, the end one, I, I agree. I agree with. But that blue tone one, that's in an episode. I would argue no, that that's a from
0: Tim's mouth. That's out of Tim's mouth. That those ah, two shots are not? <laughs> I
1: got. I got to look. I'll, I'll, dis, I'll, I'll despite the creator too, because I was like, eh, he's throwing eh. down the gauntlet. Yeah. Uh definitely, because I was like, mm, I remember the episode, but I, just out of respect, I concede. <laughs> But I just have a sneaky passion for it. But yeah, I get I get why it occurred, but it's just weird to have it pulled from one episode. That was the only that was the only thing that took me off. I was like, mm. oh,
2: hmm. yeah. I that's, mean, for me, the intro I'm thinking more of the song than than what they showed in this case. Yes, um, yes. And I do like the song. I like the '92 X-Men song too. Of course, I mean that's mm-hmm. that's a classic as well but I like this one as well. Like I would like this one to be played as a, as a motif in an MCU movie at some time. (laughs) We've heard uh, the other one a couple times now. I wouldn't mind if this one popped up somewhere as a little musical motif.
0: I've been singing this in my head all week.
2: (laughs) week. Guy writes a catchy song.
0: It does. does. Robert J. Walsh. Man, he sings it with everything too. (laughs) So the thing that I like about it, too, is I think um, I really like the intro to all the X-Men where they do a danger room sequence. Right. And so Kitty Kitty comes to the mansion and she's our point of view character. So she's learning about the X-Men as we are the audience. And Xavier is introducing her to all the X-Men and what they can do in this danger room bit. And I just think it's like a really, really cool, efficient way to like. This is what Cyclops can do. This is what he looks like. This is his name.
2: Here is his power. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah,
3: yeah. But it's a, it's a bit of like you know the roll call kind of. Mm-hmm. But it's I mean it's it's typically like right out of the comics. There is a lot of times too a lot of Claremont you know X Men books. Like I think to me it was it, I was thinking more about it in the in the greater context of Uncanny you know where it's coming from, and you know they set her up in I think it's let me see it's one twenty I think my first appearance is one twenty eight Uncanny X Men I think.
2: Yeah, is that like the one panel appearance and then 129 is like her first story?
3: Yeah, 129 is listed. Okay. Yeah, 129. And then I guess 130 is her actual full story.
2: Mm,
4: Okay.
3: But if you know your Uncanny X-Men, it's the one where um, the X-Men basically doing the rival schools bit with with, um, going to see her, whereas at the same time the Hellfire Club's trying to acquire her. So the X-Men split up into two groups. One of them goes to see Kitty, you know, a couple, it's like it's uh Storm and Colossus and Wolverine go to see Kitty and her family with Professor X, I believe. And then the other ones are are Scott and Jean go to see Dazzler and they're trying to get her recruited to join the X-Men. Um but then then when she finally shows up, it's kind of the thing where she has, you know, she has her bags and the taxi drops her off at, at the school, you know, once they've convinced her parents to let, you know, I think I think it might be a Professor X does a, you know, a te-
2: you know telepathic thing to convince them <laughs> Jedi mind trick on them.
3: Yeah, to go that she's allowed to go to the school, but um, that's one thirty nine. That's the the classic um, welcome to the X Men Kitty Pryde hope you survive the experience issue, and that's a danger room sequence when she's introduced to everybody, and it's, and the stuff of her being um, kind of standoffish with Kurt is right out of that that okay. issue. Where she has to sort of warm up to the idea of Nightcrawler because mm-hmm. his appearance is, is you know, she's a little scared of him at first. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I I thought it was interesting to the fact that that 129 is the first appearance of uh of Kitty, and then it's also the first appearance of Emma Frost, I believe. Mm-hmm. And then you have, um, like I said, Dazzler right around there too. So it's all a lot of the characters that are are in are in this this show are all basically out of that one, you know, the first, those couple books.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about the lineup on this too, because it is like when this came out as a, in the comics was kind of a transitory time for Mm X-Men where Mm -hmm. they were still top selling books. um, Right. In 88, like probably when this went into production would have been like 88 or so. And they were still the top selling books. I think in 89, a Batman book beat some X-Men stuff because obviously 89 Batman mm. got right. a big push from yeah. the success of the film, but X-Men were still like right at the top, but they had, they weren't, even though they were still at the top, they weren't as big, I would say as they were, you know, in the the Claremont burn run, like the famous no. run that we're talking about where a lot of the elements of the story came from. And so I think by the time this aired in the comics, Nightcrawler and Shadowcat were in Excalibur. Like you had started getting split off mm-hmm. the spinoffs. Scott was in X-Factor. Right. I think at that point in time.
3: Yeah. Those were probably in the lineup.
2: So it wasn't really representative of what was in the X-Men comics at the time. Mm-hmm. And then you got the huge transition in 91 to, you know, the Jim Lee Claremont X-Men number one that, that everybody remembers and then that makes sense that that when we did get the subsequent series that they went all in on that because that is what while they had been successful this whole time like that's what elevated them back up to the top like stratosphere again Yeah. right but yeah it is it is just kind of a curious lineup for that point in time to be running with because i think the x-men in the comics at the time would were actually dazzler and storm right and havoc not Cyclops, and they were in Australia. they were hiding out in the outback, everyone thought they were dead, so it was a weird it was a weird time in the x men comics well
0: it's right. it's basically i mean I thought about it the same way too because again it's eighty nine and x men the actual cartoon comes out ninety two and it's a completely different lineup that like you said, is closer to what it was in the books at that point right at least one of the teams yeah right um but it, I mean, this read to me very much like. Like, it's the giant size lineup without Sunfire and without Thunderbolt. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thunderbird. Thunderbolt. Thunderbird. <laughs> Thunderbird. <laughs> Thunderbird. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then and then add in Dazzler. Right. Add in Dazzler, right. add in Kitty. Right. And, and it did make me go like, huh, I wonder if they were like, I wonder if they were building to stuff, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah, like we're going to do sort of like the roster shakeups and stuff. But let's start here and mm-hmm. and we'll move. I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It's not like stuff was was really serialized at that in those days, but right. you know, it is, it is an interesting group, for sure. Yeah.
3: Well, I mean, it was, the thing about it is, like, there didn't seem to be a lot of synergy between, like, the comics and the show. You know, the pilot, there was kind of, like you said, there was kind of like, they're in the outback and they're, you know, the Siege Perilous and all that stuff. They're hiding out and the Reavers right. and all that. But it doesn't seem like there's a lot of you know crossover so to speak between the two between um this pilot and again it's one of those things where other than dazzler that group doesn't really make me go huh i mean dazzler's the one where i go you know because up to that point she really wasn't on a team right Uh,
4: um
3: you know it's one of those she has more interesting power set i guess that they thought at the time than say rogue um because again, Rogue is the one. You know, we get Storm and Rogue as as the two, and uh, Jubilee as a, as the mainstays of that team uh-huh. for the for female characters. Um, but again, it's one of those things where I, you know, I guess they maybe someone flipped through an X Men comic at the time and said, "Well, you know, <laughs> here's Dazzler. Let's put her in this."
2: <laughs> right. Right. You
3: know, because I was trying to, because again, I've I've talked about Dazzler before and having read some of those you know those masterworks and and in, in, in the character and then the thought that given an opportunity I thought she could have been you know she could have been on a team I mean it's very rare that at that time at least you didn't have like Uncanny was it like you didn't really have you know you didn't have a lot of X-Men who had their own books mm-hmm. you know you had a lot of mini series um, or you had a lot of one shots for characters or an annual that spotlighted somebody or an issue that spotlighted somebody but it was pretty yeah. much most of the X-Men characters you could the only place you could see them was Uncanny Later on, or X-Men, or whatever. Yeah. But to have a character outside of X-Men who had her own book, I thought would have been an interesting idea, you know, Mm. if they had actually kept her on an an actual X-Men book
4: Mm, long-term.
3: It does also feel a little bit like,
0: um, like 92 X-Men, like, they know, uh, they know Wolverine is the most popular, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, and they steer into that. This one doesn't feel like feels a little bit more like the comics also prior to that where it's like less is more with Wolverine we'll hint that mm-hmm. stuff he'll get kind of like big moments but uh, you know he's not going to be the
3: focus right, right. yeah yeah it's kind of he was you know in the, in the you know other than him blowing up <laughs> getting Ooh. mad you know the, there was nothing you know there was none of the affinity that he has for Kitty or any of that kind of stuff you know right yeah, no, he's actually like like quite hostile.
4: Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Like,
3: you know, you know, just flipping out about saying we don't need kids and we don't need this kid and you know
2: Which is funny, him being like, We're not babysitters. I'm like, that's all you are, man. That's all you do <laughs> right. is take care
3: of kids. <laughs> right. <laughs> all the time. So Yeah, I thought that was interesting. Um mm-hmm. I like I li- you know, I like the whole thing of her trying to try to stand up to Wolverine is interesting, you know, the fact that they let her do that then, you know. Yeah. Where she's you know, gets back in his, tries to get back in his face and Storms like, Whoa, whoa, hey, hey, it's not the, not the best idea to to do this. Yeah, but he, he
0: backs up at one point too. No, he, he does. He does. Where he's like, geez. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. But I think yeah. that's more because she screamed, I'm fourteen years old, I'm an adult mm-hmm. <laughs> to me <laughs> you wanna accidentally kill that the kid, the only kid on the premises.
2: Mm-hmm. I've seen that Power Pack cover though, where he's pulling his claws out yep. on Katie Power. On Katie Power, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. He's about the slice of the baby. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. It does make me, again, like I said, like stuff wasn't serialized that much, but skipping ahead, we're like, mm. I mean, there's an arc with Wolverine and Kitty's relationship there. Oh, where, yeah. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. For yeah, sure. You know, where at the oh, end, yeah. he's, he's like, don't make her an x Not yet. And I'm like, okay. Like I, so it does make me go like, okay, that would probably was going to be a through line. Like
2: be right. mm, like samurai fighting somewhere. Yeah.
0: Mm. When, does she, when does she become a full-fledged member in his eyes and stuff like that? And, and you know, in, in the danger room bit, like she's, she's like curious about Nightcrawler at first where she's like, ooh, who's that? And then like when he's near her, she's like, like, like outright terrified. Right. Of him. But, but like, who does she curl up to mm-hmm. when she's trying to get away? Right. It's Colossus. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, interesting. Maybe <laughs> like, you know, like maybe I'm just, maybe it's just, you know, a luck thing or, or maybe it was just a, a quick nod that they were going to do, or maybe it was
3: set up. I don't know. Right. Well, I mean, there, I, I noticed that too, but there's also, there's also very much that she's um very attached to <laughs> the professor really quickly, which I thought was kind of. hmm you know, like you just met this guy. <laughs> it's right. just like you just, you just got to the school. It's just, you know, she's already, you know, I know, I know for economy of time and for story, obviously right. they had to do that, but it's still, it was just kind of like, uh, you just met this guy.
2: I did like that. She asked the taxi to wait. Like she was like, I'm going to like be ready for me to run back <laughs> right. out of here. Right.
0: <laughs> right.
3: Yeah. No, that's a good
0: bit. And she's like, clearly also like tormented a little bit, maybe too strong a word, but like, but she, She doesn't know what she is and she doesn't know what to think about it. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't know. And also, like, and she's just going to a school where there's more people like her. But she's like, I don't know. Like, this is this is kind of weird. Like, I don't know what to think of this, you know? Right. I like the just to harp on again, the animation really quick. Like, I really like some of the like poses that they do for Magneto when he's using his powers. Like when. When they attack the mansion, and he's like using the wires mm. <laughs> to like to get at at uh, at Kitty which right. he has got like the circuit, yeah. I'm like, that's so cool. Look, like, I'm like, there, there's almost like a better performance in places in that show than are in the actual movies of the actors, <laughs> like like pretending to use their powers. Where mm. like it's not just him like just holding his arm straight out, yeah. right? <laughs> you know, I really like that bit.
3: No, I thought I thought a fair amount. Of, like the action stuff was good. I liked the bit with you know we talk. Well, we didn't talk so much about the villains yet, but I thought the villains, mm-hmm. a lot of the villains designs and stuff, I thought worked pretty well. I didn't really. I, it was it was kind of striking how much they you know I got a, like an evil Lynn vibe uh-huh. from from Emma
4: mm-hmm. <laughs> when mm-hmm. she
3: speaks for the first time. I was like, <laughs> right. oh, that's I was like, that's a choice, sure. Yeah, that's but, a, that's a way to that's a way to play it, I guess.
1: Um, right? no, not what I first- Go ahead. No, it's right. hers was the weirdest depiction of all, wasn't it? I mean, she comes in flying. She's and throwing she's, lightning bolts. <laughs> yeah, and she's, still, yeah, she's throwing lightning bolts. At no right. point, yeah. you know, do we ever get the feeling that she's just the opposite of Charles. I mean, it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, it, she's just like almost the amalgamation of what of a storm. Really? I mean, it's she, right. she comes. Yeah, she comes in flying. She shoots a bolt. That that. Even Cyclops has to defuse with his his beams. It's, it's like mm-hmm. okay, that's that's her. She power. does make
0: all the, the army guys think that, right. that the trucks are sinking in the yeah, road. Yeah, though. everything's
1: in quicksand. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: Love a good quicksand scene. Yeah, yeah. Me yeah,
1: too.
4: yeah.
1: <laughs> and they're freaking out, but there's no clear distinction of her power. Yeah,
3: I did think it was one thing. I did think was funny was when they get back to the mansion after like, Magneto mm-hmm. and Juggernaut has, has attacked the mansion. And they're trying to find a spot to put Charles down. Clauses has <laughs> got him, and Cyclops can't just brush aside the stuff that's on the table. He optic blasts all the debris <laughs> right. off the table. Maybe I laughed. I laughed out loud. I thought it was very funny. I was like, I well, like that. It's
0: was, a lot of rocks.
3: Yeah, I was like, all right, man. Okay, we get it. We we can see what you, we know what you do. What made me laugh
0: quickly was uh, was when Juggernaut is running towards the mansion. Mm. And Mag- Magneto's like, let nothing stand in your way. And he just knocks over like the two trees that are right two in Two trees, of- yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you could have walked-, yeah, walked around that I
1: buddy. just, in my yeah. head,
0: I was like juggernaut being like, right, F these trees then. Like- yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yeah. Right. I don't know that. To me, Brute of the Year still goes to Kitty. Yeah. Because at the end, she literally manhandles Magneto. Yeah, like it's end. nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, like it's. To me, the. Yeah, her biggest power is not that she can face through stuff. Is the fact that everybody knows she's fourteen and not fighting her. It's like no one, no, no one struggles mm-hmm. against Kitty, man. Yeah, like, I'm not messing with that kid. Nope. Yeah.
0: I think also like like Storm getting everybody in a tornado to ride out of there is pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Where she's like, yeah, hang on, everybody,
1: yeah. and then they just like, yeah, this, yeah, this dope. Like, yeah, That's pretty.
0: That's pretty badass.
1: All I heard was the uh, the Zelda theme in the background yeah. when she did. <laughs> You know, <laughs> even the tornado. Yeah. But I, be, but I am bewildered as to how the blob snuck away. Though that's that was just weird. She just, he was just gone. Yeah. Well,
3: I had the same thing of like I, I had to go back and look and see to make sure like did, did I wasn't sure if Dazzler got on the shuttle.
1: Oh god!
4: Because last oh, yeah, last, yeah. Time, last time
3: we see her, she's fighting <laughs> yeah, fire, yeah. and the rest of them are gone. And then there's that the the bit the climax is like going on, and then all of a sudden I'm like, did Dazzler make it on board? I didn't even see that. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, no, she was yeah. there.
2: She got there early, I guess. Right. Mm -hmm. I think
3: that's a good bit, though, of how they
0: like, like, um, how the 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 herd starts thinning. Where it's like, Mm -hmm. as soon as they come in, like they meet Pyro, and then and then Dazzler sticks around, and then and then everybody kind of moves on, moves on, and Mm -hmm. then and there's Toad, and then Wolverine sticks behind, and then. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What got me though is like, why is Wolverine the only one that took off his spacesuit? (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah, I noticed
1: that too I noticed that too he's the only one in costume. everybody in the space so I was like does he know he can survive in space
3: <laughs> and then how does he know that that's the other thing yes
0: <laughs> that's a fun fight though I think that like there is they do kind of in an animated way where like he can't cut people and stuff like that obviously but like there is like they capture his savagery I like, yeah. like I think, pretty well. Like just in a in a really short fight, because he goes for Toad's legs, he misses, but he goes for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I just think like there's there's some cool like pinup like uh, poses in there where he's throwing himself at your claws first, right? You
1: know, yeah. Well, I like the fact that how Nightcrawler comes across Blob is like, nope.
4: <laughs> I was
1: like, "How's he gonna stop him?" I was like, ah, he's not. <laughs> yeah. That was that was fun. That had me laughing. Yeah, yeah everyone else went toe to toe. Nightcrawler's like, nope. <laughs> I'm just <going> yeah, <laughs> that was interesting. That bit with um, where
0: Colossus catches. Like the, the, the giant vent Jugger- or whatever that yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. like that looked really good, too. I was like, wow, that looked like weight to me <laughs> Where like Colossus, like goes through the floor a little bit. And then he and then he mm-hmm. like, like he sinks down a little bit as before he starts pushing up. I was like, man, that's amazing looking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do also like I like the performative aspect to Nightcrawler. Mm-hmm. You know, like what you're saying, Tommy, when he sees Blob and he's like, uh-uh,
3: but he bows. When he teleports. <laughs> yeah, yeah, bow, yeah, he's yeah. like, no.
1: Nope. Just dips <laughs> out. Unquestionably.
3: I mean, this is good, yeah. I think, the, I think the character bits are good. I think that like character wise and tonal wise for stuff, they get a lot of it right. I don't think it's really, I mean, Australian Wolverine is, is pretty glaring, obviously. Right. But, um, beyond that, I was trying to like, I kept looking for like, you know, seems the seams of it all but yeah this doesn't work and there's not a lot of places where i'm like oh no that's not good
2: Mm. yeah i mean they really get across like nightcrawler they get across fast and like yeah that's totally nightcrawler from the comics colossus same Mm -hmm. yeah that's totally colossus even says tovarush
3: yeah absolutely (laughs) yeah it gets all that stuff done out of the way all the all the the stuff that you normally expect from the characters yeah um I did think it was interesting that Duke was, was Cyclops for mm-hmm. the voice. Yeah. yeah, I will
1: say this. No, that was the strongest depiction of Cyclops I have ever seen, <laughs> bar none. Yeah, He is not whining. He is very capable. Right. He tells them where to go. Mm-hmm. They, 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 he leads the way,
2: all mm-hmm. of them. Yeah, he's not yelling, Gene. No. Yes, no <laughs> sense of
1: doubt whatsoever. Yeah. He's a
2: good yeller, though.
1: Come on, X-Men. Oh yeah, uh, I do. I think
0: about that a lot, like in watching animation. Like yelling is kind of tough to do mm-hmm. sometimes, right? Like, like to record and there's a lot of like yelling in this bit that I think sounds really good. Like when, mm-hmm. when Cyclops is yelling at Pyro at that observatory thing, I'm like, man, that sounds really good, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. And when Nightcrawler at the end is yelling at Kitty to get to like yeah. to get away, mm-hmm. that's, like, that's yeah, really I buy well. that. That's
1: great. Yeah. No, the, the voice cast on there was nice. Um Well, who was the guy at Skeletor? Frank Welker. Um No, wasn't Welker. Was it Welker? No. Was it the guy who played the Welker's Bob? in the cast. I'm just trying He is, yeah. Welker's in the cast, but
2: mm-hmm. Frank Welker is Toad. Okay, yeah. And Lockheed.
1: Who plays Magneto?
2: <laughs> Magneto is Earl Bowen. I have mm-hmm. the credits up in front of me. You know
1: who he is? Okay. Who is he? Oh. He
0: is the uh the psychiatrist from the Terminator movies.
2: Ah, uh, okay.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: That's Magneto. And like I I it didn't hit me at all. I didn't recognize it.
2: <laughs> it's a good voice. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. Alan Oppenheimer was the original voice of Skeletor. Oh, uh, okay. He's he's the blob.
2: Yes, that's correct. Uh, yeah. okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay.
4: Yes. And
0: it- Pat Fraley was a Pyro, I believe. Right?
4: Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: He was Krang. I know.
2: Okay. <laughs>
3: oh wow! I thought it was odd that we got this. We got this pilot, and the only thing more that that ever comes of it, like, there's no, there's as far as I know, Marvel's never done a, a one shot or a comic tie-in to it, right?
2: They There was released, because I I was going to get into kind of the legacy of this. There was released. It was, it was again, billed probably like the VHS was as the X-Men animated special. Okay. And I, I don't recall Is in sort of a graphic novel, but I feel like it also was like screen captures possibly.
3: That sounds familiar. Yeah. Now that you mention it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But I'm saying like a continuation of the story at all.
2: Oh no. Like there's no, no, no. That's, there's a series waiting to happen, you know. Right, like, that's Because we I'm got saying. 92 yeah. X-Men and 70 or like mm-hmm. yeah. Spider-Man's yeah. Amazing Friends. Like they can do like an 89 X-Men.
1: Mm-hmm. That would be awesome. But to me, their legacy is, <laughs> but the legacy of the show, what it, what, it, what it sets up, to me, uh, set up something huge in my opinion.
2: Yeah, and that's mm-hmm. what I was going to get into. Yeah. Like if we're getting towards the end a little bit, it's just the legacy mm-hmm. yeah. of, of why the show didn't happen, what ultimately mm-hmm. killed it.
0: Mm-hmm. Really quick, let me just remind everybody, if you like the show, you can check out all of our episodes on YouTube and it is.com. Just please, however you find us, don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave us a review. And finally, if you want to suggest a topic, let us know in the comments, Twitter, or email. Our Twitter handle is our show's initials, L-M-K-H-I-I, and you can email us at info at letmenowhowitis.com. All right. The legacy of Pride of the X-Men.
2: Yeah, so uh, I'll let Tommy tell us what big came from it because there are a couple things there are a couple things besides just this pilot that it, it did go on to to play another role in pop culture history so what's yes. the what's the the big thing for you tommy
1: okay well i gotta lead up to it um, Okay, go ahead first of all uh initially there was a video game called um x-men madness and murder world but it was only released on in dos and commodore 64
2: right so it wasn't
1: widespread yeah for pc then there was for PC. Then there was the garbage version that was on the NES that got one out of five stars that had the same lineup except they changed Dazzler for Iceman. Okay. Mm. But the true legacy that everyone that it took this for me to make the connection, I felt like I was so dumb when I figured it out. Mm. Was Konami's arcade game. Yep. The, mm. this whole the whole um ep- this whole episode, they used that premise to give us the side scroller which has right. the same lineup. Oh, yeah. That's what I was about to say, yeah. Yeah, with the only person who's not there that you can control is Kitty Pride. Mm-hmm. which right. is, which who is kidnapped with Professor X <laughs> <Right>. by Magneto <laughs> in yep. the game. Yeah. Right. So to me, this thing set up what everybody loved about the side-scroller, because they used everybody, and then threw in some people that needed to be in the show, like Mystique, um mm-hmm. they even use Nimrod yeah. as a as a character that and Wendigo.
0: Master Mold, I remember is in the yeah, game. MS, too. Yeah. Yes. So that 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 makes me go like, huh, there must have been designs. Right.
2: Yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> what I was thinking as well. Because yeah. like like you said, the eighty nine PC game, Madness on Murder World, and the the side scrolling the arcade game, the Konami game, they were they were based on the character designs that were coming out for the pilot. So mm-hmm. I feel like they, they possibly did have those characters designed some point in development thinking maybe they'd use them in the pilot and then cut them or just to have them in case they got picked up to series. But yeah, that's probably what they would have looked like in that universe. However, they look in that arcade game,
0: man. I love that game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: man, Who doesn't? Game. Oh my God. Took right, so many of right. my quarters, I yeah, gave so many man. quarters to that machine.
1: Yep. But, but that was the first thing that opened the door to a lot of other X-Men um. Themed video games that later came out subsequently after that. Yeah, I mean it's it's on a lot of people's top ten as far as one of the best arcade games out there, especially side scrolling.
0: It makes me curious. Uh, uh, you know, at this point, video games have passed me by. You know, I I, I played complete ignorance on all things video games at this point. But I do know that there is a, a side scrolling Ninja Turtles beat 'em up that's doing really well. <laughs> right, right. Every right time now. he plays that's that out, one. right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and it does make me go like man, there's never been a release of like the X-Men arcade game, right?
2: Mm. At least none that I can remember. I think you can, I think now in like well, those arcades yeah. where you can like buy a stand-up arcade for your house yes. from like Wayfair yes. or whatever, I yes. think they have it on those.
4: <laughs> yeah, like, yeah,
2: true. Uh, you know, a thousand other games loaded on yeah. these right, things yes. now.
0: Yeah, but it never got like, like a Super Nintendo release right. or a PlayStation or anything like that. And that's the thing, and, and I'm just like, and I'm also surprised at this point that nobody's, copied it with new characters now that mm. nobody's made well, like a current x-men thing but it's like but that's clearly a homage to that right
3: right
1: yeah you well know? they can't because they don't have the rights to it that's why that's the reason why it was not re-released is because at the time it's konami konami didn't have the rights to x-men anymore mm. so they're not they can't re-release the game
2: oh, yeah.
1: in a different format that's why they're getting away that's why they're able to get away with uh those one-up games that are coming out now in fact There's one box that I want. Oh, my gosh, I'm salivating because they put all the um, X-Men arcades of that era all on one machine, which is like, eight. this is the ones that I enjoyed during that time frame. But uh, to answer your uh, point as to why they didn't do it, they couldn't do it because it's a different format. Um, It's a different um, Mm. media engine or whatever. Like you won't see that pop up because they don't they just don't have the rights to um, do the X-Men in a different format unless Disney slash Marvel gives them the rights again, which they don't.
2: Right. such a
0: shame it is a shame they could make a new one though somebody could <laughs> somebody yeah. could
2: somebody
1: somebody could
2: we have an engineer note that the x-men arcade game was released on ps3 and xbox 360 as a what? digital download and then was pulled from the stores in 2013
1: so <laughs> interesting oh, interesting wow. time frame that 2013 just saying mm. that's almost 10 years ago it's heartbreaking
2: and that's the problem with digital downloads is they can take them back from you sometimes (laughs) yes yes so beware them Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. any other lasting uh um tidbits about the game uh not the game the show
2: i mean the the games (laughs) are the most direct connection Mm. to the show that made it out and like i mean honestly that arcade game was bigger than this pilot ever was (laughs) i think like every every kid knew that arcade game and not every kid knew about the pilot So it is funny to me that it actually exceeded uh, the pilot in that way, where, I mean, people didn't even know it was based on the pilot and, Mm -hmm. and just thought maybe like, oh, this is, this is an unusual, slightly unusual lineup. Um, (laughs) Right. That's what I remember uh, people thinking at the time. But yeah, so it is funny to me that the, that, that one spinoff merchandising opportunity is, is far exceeded the popularity of the original thing. Oh, mm-hmm. that's fun but th- that's the most direct connection um ultimately why the show did not happen was a business reason at Marvel Entertainment at the time and it's that Marvel Entertainment who had been there the company that was in charge of Marvel licensing and animation at the time uh was sold from one owner to another yeah so Marvel had run into some financial difficulties around 1989 a company called New World Pictures sold Marvel Entertainment Group to another company called Andrew's Group. And they basically killed everything that was in production at the time, except for one thing. <laughs> Only one thing was deemed to be worth spending money on still by the new company. And that was Muppet Babies, which was produced no. by Marvel Entertainment Group. <laughs> so they saw like this yep. one like massive juggernaut hit they had and canceled everything else. So uh Zach, it's your fault that Pride of the X-Men right. died hey. because you were such a Muppet Babies fan. I
0: apologize for nothing. If I got if I gotta kill an X-Men show to get Muppet Babies, <laughs> say your goodbyes.
2: It was your love, it was your love of baby Muppets that murdered Pride oh, of the man. X-Men.
0: I say this unironically too. I love Muppet Babies. This is this is not a shtick. This is not a this is not like a running joke or something. No,
2: I genuinely love it. <laughs> <laughs> it was a fun show. It was a fun show. Oh, yeah. But I would have taken pride of the X-Men myself. <laughs> yeah, I agree.
1: But the irony is we, we have more of a chance of getting pride the X-Men back than we have of Muppet Babies, to be quite honest.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a Muppet Babies, but yeah. But just as an aside, I don't understand why Muppet Babies isn't on Disney Plus since they own all the parties that were involved in it. Marvel and Muppets. Right. Yeah. I think it's the other clip. <laughs> probably. It yeah. probably is. I, th- the, I
0: think it's the moonlighting thing. Like, moonlighting with yeah. the music is the issue. Mm-hmm. I think it's the fact that they used, you know. Ah, the footage.
2: Yeah. No, I know. It's like yeah. a sampling issue. It's like a sampling yeah. issue in music. Funny thing is, yeah. is that Disney, I
0: think, owns a lot of the a lot of the clips that they use too. Yeah. Like I'm looking at it now, and it's like Indiana Jones,
2: Star Wars, <laughs> right? Right? Like, <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: yeah. No, that is probably it. It's probably like music industry sampling. Mm. Yeah, can't clear the rights for everything.
3: And for the record, I didn't bring up moonlighting. So <laughs> <True>. <laughs> so, yeah, true. so don't
2: drink anybody. That does not qualify for the drinking game. Right? Yeah. No one knows. Doesn't don't count. drink
3: at home. Don't drink. Don't drink. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't bring it up at all. So you don't have to drink, or do if you want to.
2: And, and Frank, <laughs> you had a bit about just the other production connection,
3: right? I I had seen a, a video talking about why they didn't. Um, part of the reason why was um, like you said there was there was it was a sales thing. There was a deal where um, the person who was uh, the head at the time, like Saban International, was I guess because was. Was working on pilot for the mm-hmm. ninety ninety two show mm-hmm.
4: uh-huh.
3: and Saban. Um, Saban, I'm sorry,
4: yeah,
3: Saban. And they were basically going to they were going to put together this um, pilot. But what happened before that was basically um, former president of Marvel Productions, Margaret Loesch, had gone over to Fox Kids in 1990, and then secured the rights to X Men. Okay, so therefore that's why it went over there instead of being. Um, something that was basically kept in house, so to speak, mm. for um, for Marvel. Okay. Mm. So therefore, that's why it was on Fox Kids, and that's why the the '92 show was basically there, and went on to have like five seasons. Right? Wasn't it on for that long.
0: Yeah, something like that.
3: And then, that, and that is on Disney Plus. You can watch that now. Yeah. Right. Um, and coming back. Right, and there's this, there's <laughs> yeah. the 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 X Men '97. The sequel is coming up. Yeah. Um. Also, if you, I've been told if you skip the intro on that, you lose your Disney Plus um, <laughs> subscription immediately. So, just telling you, don't. And not that you should skip it, anyways. They just it just
2: make you listen to the music every time because why wouldn't you? Right, <laughs> right,
3: yeah, yeah, exactly. Why wouldn't you? It's terrific. So,
0: you got to watch those previously on X Men bits too. Of course, there was a, <laughs> there was a, a heavy show. <laughs> as, as far as continuity, like, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, so awesome. Okay, any any last thoughts or
2: my only last thought is I thought it was funny that they decided Lockheed was so important to work into the pilot somehow. <laughs> <laughs> they right. really wanted Lockheed there, which I'm a Lockheed fan, so I was fine <laughs> with that.
3: <laughs> it's a
0: good bit. She saves him at the end.
3: Yep. Yeah, I, like I, I totally, <laughs> I totally forgot he was even in it. That Lockheed was even it at all.
2: So did I, honestly, until I, as many times as I'd seen it, I was like, oh, yeah, (laughs) like they did go right to Lockheed in space. (laughs) It makes sense.
3: Oh, that was what I was going to say about the villains. We didn't talk that much about the villains. I thought it was interesting that did you have, I mean, theoretically, Magneto, who's who's handled the X-Men, both of them, both like the 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 um, the original five, as well as um, uh, the giant size X-Men group by himself. Mm. Right. And then not only does he have that, it's it's you know or not is long with him, which I <laughs> thought that's a bit of overkill. Right. And then you know you could argue the Blob at one point or another has has given obviously the original five trouble.
4: Yeah. Uh-huh.
3: <laughs> you know, I just thought like for the most part, you know, Magneto's group is pretty pretty stacked power wise to go against the group. I mean, it's a good group of villains, and I like the you know the villains and the designs, but it was I was looking at the the lineup and I went wow. That'd be tough. That'd be a tough day for the X-Men <laughs> yeah. every time you ran up against them. So, <laughs> Plus the idea of, of if you're going to expand the show, like you basically included, I mean, you could, a lot of times Juggernaut and Blob are treated separately. So you basically do episodes on them, mm-hmm. but with, you know, with having them be part of a group, um, that's all. The other thing is it made me think of is the, is the running shot at the end of the credits of uh, X-Men 92, where they're all running each other. Made me think oh, yeah. of. You know, like those are almost the same lineups. Yeah, I mean, granted, there's Liberty's Taken because there's different characters, but they're pretty similar to the same as it's set up in the in the Pride of the X-Men. I love a good uh,
0: heroes and bad guys running at each other. Sure. Clash. sure <laughs> yeah. I love a good one. Yep. Yeah.
3: Yep. Yep. Maybe, you know, <laughs> made me think of Challenges of the Super Friends. They do it there, too. Yeah. So.
0: Yep.
2: And dino saucers. dino saucers. They don't run at each other, but they, <laughs> no. they growl. Yeah. They growl, growl standing yeah. head to head. Yeah yeah, yeah they're yes. all what, they yeah.
1: face and they glare each other down what about
3: robocop know. do they do it in
1: robocop <laughs> <laughs> they might
4: they
3: might okay there's robocop and the rest of the, and the rest of the uh was it uh ocpd no what is it
2: yeah
1: that's right
3: yeah and then red and his his group of guys they run it <laughs> right
2: yeah And <laughs> yeah. all the detroit drug dealers yeah okay
3: there very go. good yeah mm-hmm. yeah gotcha I remember that episode of that
0: that 70 show <laughs> <laughs> all right awesome again we'll post the episode on our uh, notes page so you can check it out on YouTube Quality's pretty good so um, it's definitely great it's awesome give it a give it a give it a look it's fun as always we'll post links and examples to everything we talk about and let me know how to is. com. so please remember to like us and follow us on social media and we will see you guys next week.